Well, we are now three months into the launch of the Gritty Girls podcast, and we can definitively say we are enjoying the work immensely, the recording, the editing, talking with friends and guests, and hearing from you, our listeners. Thank you if you've shared us on your social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and thank you for subscribing and reviewing our show. That really is the only way for people to learn about us, and that's crucial since we are a new podcast um, and we are growing and uh, wanting people to find us and join uh, our gritty conversation, join our community, and you are really uh, a part of making that happen. This episode that you're hearing uh, today was actually recorded a year ago. So so you'll hear some dated material such as President Trump's inauguration, but the subject is fresh and the issues are ongoing. So as usual, uh, we would love to hear from you about any of the episodes that you hear, a comment, a question, uh, a suggestion for a future podcast. Uh, engage with us on Facebook, send us a message, uh, leave us a message on Instagram, tweet us, and we will send you a response. In the meantime, happy listening. This is Gritty Girls, a place where you can come to process the issues and topics your girlfriends, family, or coworkers may or may not be discussing. However, you're thinking about these issues, so let's dive into them together. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Lee. And I'm Leslie Campbell, and we are the Gritty Girls. You know, recently I was decompressing, uh, which <laughs> aka means scrolling through my uh, Facebook news feed. Oh, um, gosh. We yeah. all do it. We don't like to admit it, but we all do it. And I came across a post, and it was a picture of the Brawny brand paper towels. But there was something a little different. Instead of the Brawny man, there was a woman on the front, the person who was sharing this post. Uh, she's a, she is a friend of mine, but she's very conservative. And she says, face palm, how many Brawny women wear red lipstick, have salon-styled hair, and shapely figures? I know, probably more than you think, in quotes. So my thought was, is she sounded like she was being a little critical, but I wasn't quite sure. So I opened up the comments. First one says, stupidest crap I've ever seen. <laughs> I get wow. You not. Really? And then she says, I've never needed a woman on a package of paper towels to know that women can be strong or love adventure or swing an axe. <laughs> Whether I disagree with her or not, that was uh, said very well. Really was. Yeah. It seemed to spark this very violent uh, reaction with people. Uh, someone else said they should have just changed their name to malarkey. This PC kind of malarkey. And then it came down to this. Um, a quote that said, It's just one more thing that doesn't matter. Being made to matter to some small group of harpies that can't stop until they've remade all society, forcing all men to bow down to them. Mm. I replied at this point and said, that's a bit dramatic, don't you think? Yeah, that's my reaction. Right. That's, that's kind of what I think. 
from the perspective of a lot of conservative people, they see it as a feminist push. And they're seeing this coming after uh, Trump's inauguration, the Women's March, the Day Without a Women, and because there seems to be almost a revival of feminism kind of coming about in our country. And to a lot of conservative people, they don't see it as being necessary or relevant anymore because, after all, the law's on our side, right? Kind of like, well, what are you whining about? You already have equal rights, so right. just shut up is kind of the message that I get. Maybe they see this as this company caving to feminism and feminism in the minds of Christian conservatives yeah. um, has a list of um, ideas and ideals that find the face of um, their ideas and ideals. Right. So obviously they're going to be triggered. And their idea, you know, what they have in mind when they when she said harpies mm-hmm. is is really a stereotypical idea of what, you know, and, and that's the negative image that yeah. has been portrayed in America for several decades. Right. It has been, especially since the 1960s. It generally right. has a negative connotation, and that's why prior to this kind of new wave of feminism kind of reviving, you have many women, including myself, who hesitated calling myself feminist. So you represent, and I represent, your average woman in America who has heard feminism, the term tossed around a lot, and yet when we started to do the research was when we realized how uninformed we really are yes. about the term. So what was your understanding of feminism prior to reading? I, growing up in the southern states, um, you know, which is prime, you know, predominantly Republican, uh, conservative, um, feminism was definitely painted in a negative light. I did not have a very positive picture of feminine that or feminism that was presented to me. I think in my mind, kind of what was thrown at me was, you know, feminists, they were the ones that were angry, you know, yelling on Capitol Hill, burning their bras, you know, having abortions every month and, <laughs> you know, very much um, angry. Um, man-hating. All, man-hating for sure. Yes. Um, Promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Promiscuous, yeah, free love, um, not just wanting equal rights, but wanting to be the man and kind of overthrow them. And so I always viewed them as being very extremist. That was the feminist that you were brought up with. Yeah, that's what was kind of painted in my mind. And of course, if you had asked me, um, do you feel that women should should have equal rights as men? Of course, I'm going to say yes. I mean, I'm a woman. I want to have the same opportunities. But if you had asked me, are you a feminist? I would have said no. But um, I now realize that it's actually a pretty complicated question, loaded question. Yes. With um, an answer that I don't feel like I can just give a clear yes or no. I feel like there has to be an explanation. I agree. I cannot answer, yes, I'm a feminist. And prior to doing reading, uh, I would have. So we're coming from totally opposite ends, right? Yes. I grew up in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. so certainly not in like New York City or – I've always associated actually feminism with all the right messages. Mm -hmm. I 
uh, really related with that free spirit, uh, the fact that a woman can be anything she wants. She could determine her sexuality right. and a really strong image. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be that. You know, I would get really fired up about it. I had such a deep sense of injustice about um, inequality. If you look um, overseas internationally, uh, the issues that women face, um, mm. whether it's genital mutilation or in some Middle East countries, women have to ask their husbands if they can go to the grocery store. Right. So there are, you know, are so many issues that I would get fired up about. Mm-hmm. So I uh, definitely would have identified with being a feminist. Yeah. But then when I did reading, <laughs> I, I was really a bit um, kind of just overwhelmed by all of the uh, terms yes. for uh, feminism. And I'll list some of them. And, you know, this is, yeah. we're going to have the same list. But so liberal uh, yeah. Feminism, conservative feminism, radical feminism, libertarian feminism, yes, separatists feminism, Marxist feminism, socialist feminism, eco-feminism. Oh, eco. I did not read that one. <laughs> yeah. Womanism, third world feminism, indigenous feminism. Oh. I mean, I feel like it's such a fluid term now. You yeah. know, eight, you know, in the 1980s, it was easier to say, yes, I'm a feminist. Mm-hmm. But because we have reached a lot of um, equality with men, and the, the term has gotten even more complicated, right? Right. Uh, with, you know, sexual diversity, right? With gender identification. And that you just don't know what you're saying if you say you're a feminist. So we're wondering if you're just as confused as we are about what feminism is today. So now it's time for our WDYT segment for What Do You Think? I think that feminism should be, should incorporate all women and not make some feel as if they're not feminist enough because of their more traditional choices. The problem with feminism is the backlash upon men. When equal pay and voting rights expanded to man bashing and women escaping their femininity and endeavoring to look and act like a man, I'm out. Feminism to me is irrelevant because I have three nieces and three sisters. I also grew up with a single mom. I would like to see that all women have the opportunity for equality. At that point, we can everybody can fail and succeed at their own efforts, not by something dictated by society. I'm not sure I fully understand what the meaning of feminism is today, because I think it's gone through so many iterations and it means something different to, you know, different even organizations of women who claim to be feminists, right? So if the idea is that we want women to be exactly the same as men, if that's the idea of feminism, then of course that's that will never happen, right? In, in any ideal environment, women will never be the same as men. And I don't know why a woman, a first-rate woman, would want to be a second-rate man anyway, right? Thanks to all our friends who bravely participated and gave us their valuable opinions. You know, I kept coming back to the brawny. <laughs> and some of the sentiments that I keep hearing amongst the critics of feminism is, well, I already have equal rights. I'm protected under the law. So why are we still talking about this? Kind of like whenever you hear white people say, why are people still talking about race? I thought racism was over. Maybe it would go away if we quit talking about it. (laughs) That's what I hear, you know, but you know what? Racism hasn't gone away. Right. And 
I still think there's a need for feminism. And I'm going to get into why. But so, but I started out with this question: Is it true? Um, why keep up the good fight, so to speak, mm-hmm. if the laws are already in our favor? Right. I wanted to see what was going on in the news currently. And here is what I found. Okay. So apparently just this week, and of course I should point out the date because I'm not sure when we're going to air this podcast. So today is what? The April 5th? Yes. 2017? Yes. Okay. So just on Tuesday, there was an executive order that was passed by our President Trump. So apparently he pulled back... An, an order that was uh, that Obama had formed in 2014 called the Fair Pay and Safe Workplaces. Uh, he revo- uh, Trump just revoked that. Here is the problem. Number one, it forces paycheck transparency. So it's about equal pay, making sure that women are uh, receiving the same opportunities as men. And number two, it bans forced arbitration clauses for sexual harassment. So what this means is, is prior to Obama passing this, if you were a business and there was a sexual harassment case and you didn't want it to go to court, you could force arbitration. And what that does is it silences the victim. Of course. And they're able to sweep the whole thing under the rug and keep it out of the public's eye. So what happens is, is you might have corporations, corporations that receive tax dollars, mind you, that are having case after case after case of sexual harassment, and it's never coming out into the public due to forced arbitration. So pulling this means that businesses can go back to this practice. Right. Which I feel is a real problem. And yes. this is something that just happened this week in 2017. Very tangible. Very tangible. Exactly. Uh, evidence of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, I start kind of doing some more research and I'm kind of like, okay, it seems like everybody's talking about this online. All right. Articles from NBC, Yahoo, Forbes, CNN, Newsweek, AOL, USA Today, Bloomberg. Those are just some of the ones that I saw that were covering this story. Okay. And I thought, you know what? I bet a lot of friends of mine would probably say, you know, those are more liberal outlets. Right. maybe they're biased. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to a conservative outlet and see what I can find. So I go to foxnews.com. And? And. Okay. This is. I was floored. Oh my gosh. Okay, what did just, you do? just wait for this? This is okay. beyond disturbing. So when I first went, I went to their search and I typed in Trump equal pay and I did a search on that. I found no results on this executive order. So then I thought, okay, well maybe I need to add some more information. So then I put Trump revoke and then in quotations I put 2014 fair pay and safe workplaces. Zero results. Wow. Yeah. So at this point, their search engine suggests to me that I should check my spelling. So I did. And then it also suggested I try more general words. So I took the search engine's advice. And this time, I just typed in women equal pay. I mean, that's pretty general, right? Right. Yes. It yielded five results. However, all of those results had nothing to do with the executive order, and they were all old oh, articles. I was going to ask you. From years right. past. And most of those those articles were um, not advocating for women equal pay. It was just kind of, well, Hillary Clinton said this, or some liberal person said that. And all I could think to myself was, 
fair and balanced my ass. Because <laughs> that's their slogan, fair and balanced. Right. I couldn't find anything. So then I turned to Google. Um, and I thought there's got to be someone on the conservative front that is talking about this. Because I, I got to know their opinion, right? So I went to, there is a site that I see shared around on Facebook all the time. It's a blog called Chicks on the Right. So apparently on the very same day that Donald Trump revokes this order, Ivanka Trump tweets, equal payday is a reminder that women deserve equal pay for equal work. We must work to close the gender pay gap. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, you know, Hannah Blow or Blue Blue Blow. I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's B-L-E-A-U. Is it Blow? <laughs> sounds like Blow. It sounds like Blow. <laughs> well, Hannah... <laughs> We'll call her Hannah, Mrs. B. Okay. Um, Mrs. B, Hannah, and I quote, she says, If it sounds like another lame feminist talking point, it's because it is another lame feminist talking point. No one denies that a man and a woman with equal pay should be paid the same for doing the same job. That's not the issue. Nevertheless, feminist and the ill-informed... Use this day to whine about the discrepancies in overall pay. Unfortunately, they fail to acknowledge that the gap has everything to do with choice. Men and women generally choose different careers. Women are more likely to choose lower-paying jobs with flexibility, and they're more likely to sacrifice their careers to take care of their children. And she kind of goes on, okay. and she's just kind of lambasting feminist um you know for making a deal out of this and then uh, of course as you scroll down <laughs> she kind of highlights some of the people that were responding to ivanka on twitter and i find it interesting that most of these responses that she posts are from men so here's what a lot of these men had to say to ivanka said, really, Ivanka? I thought you were better than this. Since 1963, it has been illegal to pay women less than men for the same work. Another one says, wage gap? I've never heard of such a thing because I live in reality. So these are men who are saying that they don't believe there's a gender wage gap. They're agreeing right. with Heather. The problem that they're not addressing is that that choice, that choice, they can't discount the factors that go into why a woman chooses uh, jobs that pay less. Right. So, you know, if you look at the early feminists, they say the, the, the deeply personal is absolutely political hmm. because our choices are deeply systemic. They're a product of uh, these systemic issues that reflect the patriarchal society mm -hmm. that we live in. So th they're really dumping too much on on women for this wage gap. So the question is, is it fair to look at this wage gap and, um, you know, for feminists who point to the wage gap, is it fair for them to look at the wage gap in such simple terms and say, see this wage gap, we're not at parity with men, mm -hmm. we have a lot more work to do. I think that they are justified because by looking at that, that is a very much across the board general look to see, okay, women are not where men are. And we have a more work to do to do the research into gender inequality. We have more research to do in terms of looking at what's causing that. Right. You know, are women getting messages about 
the types of um, careers that they choose? Are they being told that they're not as good in math? Mm-hmm. Are they being pushed to take jobs that are traditional, uh, that fall in the traditional gender kind of lines? So if women are indeed being given those messages, that is a reflective of a social structure that can be reflective of patriarchy, right? Right. So I think it's disingenuous of conservative women to say that, well, you know, wage gap does not exist when you take into consideration right. the fact that women are choosing. Oh, you know, women are just choosing <laughs> these um, lower paying jobs. You know, don't blame on other people. Stop your whining. And yes, you know, I'm all about taking personal responsibility. But I'm also a realist. Yes. And I also come from not having very much and what that means and how much a woman may end up fighting. And so I think it's a bit disingenuous for them to not look at that. And I think that's the problem with both sides. Yeah. When you have conservative women who are not giving enough credit to this argument that there is a wage gap, and then you have the feminists who are not also, I think, being fully – I don't want to say honest, but, you know, it's also, it's also, I think to help further the conversation, you can't just say, well, there, there is a wage gap and I'm not going to acknowledge what you're saying. Right. And then on the flip side, you can't just say there's not a wage gap. So quit talking about it. Exactly. And I, I kind of came across two different studies that gave me two very different numbers. Um, one was from the Economic Policy Institute, um, and this is their 2016 analysis. So it's pretty current. And it says that the medium wage of U.S. women is 16.8% less than men, which kind of comes out to around 83 cents to a man's dollar. And they said that that gap actually increases as women climb up the corporate ladder. Um, And I'll share the other one with you in a minute and kind of tell you my thoughts on it. But before I do, this made me think about a predicament that my cousin was in. Uh, My cousin, she's a college graduate. Uh, very headstrong. Uh, she's definitely a go-getter. She's definitely one that takes responsibility. She's been very self-sufficient. Um, she was out on her own working, building her career uh, long before she, she got married, which was recently. Anyway, as she was kind of climbing her way up the ladder, she started noticing that there were men who were working in the exact same position as she was, Her sales were skyrocketing above theirs, but she was getting paid much less. So she took it upon herself and went and addressed it with her boss and basically demanded equal pay. And she came in there armed with all the numbers, comparing it to what her peers were doing. And uh, she won. You know, she got it. But she had to fight for that. Had she never walked into his office she would have never received her equal pay. Right. It would not have happened. She had to speak up. You know, she does work in a business that's predominantly men. Uh, she wears baggy clothes purposefully just so that they won't call her out and tell her how good her ass looks in a particular pair of jeans. I kid you not. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. And she's a professional woman. She And, you know... While I understand that these men mean her no harm, you know, they say a lot of these things in jest, 
It's still not appropriate for the workplace, and I don't think it's fair for her to have to weigh her wardrobe decisions every single morning to think, is this going to make something a part of my body stand out to where someone's going to say something and I'm going to feel uncomfortable about it? And I love that you're bringing that up because I think those these are the issues that conservative women don't want to mm-hmm. talk about. They don't want to. This is the part that feminists are fighting for. And this order that um, our president has revoked, let's say this is in effect. Well, let's say my cousin had gone and fought for that equal pay. Well, with this order revoked, her boss wouldn't be forced to give her equal pay, even though her performance is showing that she's she was performing above the men that were in the same position as her. Also, should she be sexually harassed at work and decide to um, do something about it, if the business wanted to force arbitration, she would have to go along with that. She would be silenced. So there are very real consequences there are, that affect real people. Mm-hmm. This is the kind <clears throat> of thing that isn't sexy, though, right? No, I mean, this is really the not. kind of thing that isn't falling into either side stereotype. Um, and that's the problem with any conversation is mm-hmm. when it only touches on these uh, much more inflammatory issues like abortion. Yeah. It's really a shame, you know, because I think that all women can get together and get behind these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole word of equality is also um, a, a very it's not the touchy. Greatest word. It's not because there's such a general term. Oh, we're fighting for equality for women. Right. But everybody has a different idea of what that word I means. I know, they do. Yes. And Be- the, exactly. Yes. You talk to the conservative, they say, well, I am equal. Under the law, I'm equal. So what's the problem? You know, are we fighting for um, exact equality with men on, on every issue? You know, whether it's going to the military. So there mm-hmm. was one um, Like the bill, draft. Like the draft right. that women should be conscripted as well right. as men. So to me, equality really comes down to choice. There are some women that have no interest in family life. They want to be a part of military life. So for them, that would almost be an honor, you know, to, be, to go out and to fight for their country and, and to be recognized as someone who is able to do so. And I think that's what it comes down to. Women want their ability to be recognized. And I think that kind of also ties back to the the brawny of strength has no gender because we're all wired differently. Some of us uh, that are born as women really are wired for some of those traditional female roles. But, you know, some of us just aren't. We all know the tomboy or we've had one in the family or we know the little boy that really didn't care for the the army men and the cars and, you know, grows up to be a hairstylist and, you know, loves fashion. You know, he's not following within his gender norms. So I think at the end of the day, it's about doing what suits you and where where are you wired and having the freedom to kind of make that choice. So for you, you know, feminism is about the the equal opportunity to choose what you want to do. Yes. That it's as open to women as it is to men. Right. It's it's so complicated. And that's why yeah. there are whole, you know, uh, women's studies that deal with all the gender issues. In fact, it's so complicated. I bet we've already offended someone. 
Oh, we've definitely <laughs> offended lots of people. And so I want to be all sides on of all the sides. Spectrum. Well, I think more so on the conservative side because we haven't gone there. I don't know. I think we I think we might have said some offensive things to Too some liberal? of the more the more radical feminists. Oh, sure. Yes, definitely. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, which, by the way, this is a study, um, another study on the gender gap. And this was done by a feminist organization. It's the American Association of University Women. And they got some different numbers. So the original numbers, I think I told you, was in, um, 83 cents. Yeah, 83 cents right. per man's dollar. This comes down to 6.6 cents. What? Yeah. And it's a very, very small gap. Oh, they're um, saying the gap is 6.6 cents. Yes, because they're factoring in the different choices That's that what men I'm and saying. women weight. Yes. And also, if you look at um, university degrees, the top five paying degrees are predominantly male. Right. And the top five lowest paying degrees are predominantly female. Um, but at the end of the day, um, they're concluding that they really don't know why the gap's there, and there's really no true way that you could possibly ever even reach a conclusion because there are so many variables involved. In that 6.6 cents. Yes. Right. And, that, and they're and right. Small I mean, number. That's why I was saying that when you account for all of these factors, men and women have reached parity, pay right. parity. Um, but you can't discount the influences uh, for behind why women choose yes. those careers, and that's something that needs to be to looked at more and it studied is. more, because the fact is that has an absolute impact on women as our society increasingly has what single mothers. Yes, a you lot. know women who are getting married later, if they're also taking jobs where they don't have health care. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. So they these this issue of the pay gap, um, where women are choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, lower paying careers, they have an absolute impact on women's well being. Yeah, they do. They do. So, you know, that, that but needs to be fulfilled? looked at. But are they fulfilled? That's the thing, too. Um, so, if you grow up and your dream is to be an elementary school teacher and that is what you really want to do and you feel like it is a job that will give you fulfillment because you're making a difference in children's lives, you know going in that. Your salary isn't going to be much. So is that a negative thing? It's not. And, you know, that's a good thing you bring up because there are not very many people, but some people who are studying the economics of um, it's this idea of looking at totally restructuring society in such a way where mm-hmm. where we really put value and do it with pay. Or with giving more benefits, let's right. say, to the women who are working in these areas mm-hmm. and also to women who decide to stay at home and raise the children. So this is where we get into the whole argument of capitalism, which feminists you know, also um, have a big issue with. And, yeah. and some of the radical feminists. That was something I learned about, yes, too. Yes, right? I did, too. I did not realize a lot of it comes from uh, very Marxist yes. views. right. Right. Um, in fact, that kind of um, leads into something else that I found that was interesting, uh, which I think helps maybe explain why Trump revoked um, the Obama era protections. Mm-hmm. That comes down to his view. So in 2015, uh, he expressed 
if everyone ends up re- making the same pay, that that results in a socialist society and that he believes that people should be paid based on their performance and not their gender. Now, to some extent, I agree. Let's say you have two people in the same position, one male, one female. The male's doing a great job, outstanding. Female, she's kind of lazy. She shows up to work late. She's not meeting expectations. Should she be paid the same as her male counterpart, even though she is not putting in the same quality of work? I would argue no, not at all. However, when that rule was revoked, what this does is it allows businesses to kind of revert back to some shady behavior that they had done, been a part of in the past, which is kind of what my cousin experienced. She was performing well. She had the numbers to prove she was performing well, yet she was being paid less. And they were going to continue to pay her that amount until it was brought to their attention. I think you can have that in place if there is no gender bias anymore mm. in our society. Yes. I mean, we, and so, for example, I looked up, you know, I think part of the question that ha- has to be answered is is the US a patriarchy? You know what? I have to say yes, because it was actually a coalition of business associations that was led by the Chamber of Commerce that urged Trump's administration to roll back Obama's initiative. It was businesses that wanted to roll that back. Right. Uh, When you say businesses, of course, these are going to be the ones, right, the board, the people on the Mm -hmm. boards, you know, we're talking. Which are predominantly male. They are. They absolutely are. Yeah. There's no contention. The higher you go up the ladder the less female representation I have a there quote. is. Yeah, by a uh, sociologist. Um, he said, the higher up you look, the maler it gets. <laughs> and so he said, yeah, I have to tell you, it's patriarchy. Yeah. It's absolutely patriarchy. And the U.S. represents, reflects, actually, all major societies today, mm-hmm. except for one place, one country. But every other place reflects this um, patriarchal kind of um, st- structure. Right. So I want to be fair and, well, not even be fair, but, you know, talk about my kind of how I flip-flopped as I did this research. Yes. I want to know where you came. Like, where did you land? Oh, man, I'm not sure I've landed. Yeah, I'm not sure I've landed either. I I still need to do. I could have read another month before we did this. And so it was really interesting. I, I actually... Uh, went to a Facebook page that was called uh, Women Against Feminism. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go there in order to challenge my own thoughts, yes. right? I have to tell you, in some ways, it was a great relief because I have struggled personally with my role as a stay-at-home mother. I have really struggled with not feeling proud about it. Yeah, I have too. Shame. And yeah. just not sh- shame, not about being a stay-at-home mom, but shame about not being more, yeah. not being more in the eyes of society, not being more as compared to some of the people in my life who I see doing things that yeah. I want to do. Part of it is it's who I am, but I know at least half of that desire, that craving is because I'm feeling insecure. about where I am. Do you feel that 
your insecurity is coming from within or have you ever been in a situation that highlighted that? Uh, it is more so coming from within. And the okay. reason is, you know, I live in Houston where there there are a lot of women who stay home mm-hmm. and I have a lot of women friends who are happy staying at home. So I don't have to confront uh, all the time, right? right? Someone shaming me for staying at home, you know, going to parties and rubbing elbows. Have you, you know, ever with been people. shamed? I'm trying to think. I think, um, I yes, I think so. It's it's more subtle. They'll ask, what do you do? And and then I'm like struggling to come up with like what to say first, right? And I'm like, well, I, I should just say I'm a stay-at-home mom, even though, you know, there are, there are other things I'm doing. But predominantly my role is as you know, CEO of my household, which is more than stay-at-home mom, right? But I'm like, no, I'm going to be, you know, brave. And then, you know, they just kind of, oh, go right on to someone else, right? It's the total disregard. It's not like, There's nothing to ask. Right. It's, you know, they they feel they already know what you do, and therefore there's nothing left to ask. It's boring. It's boring. Right. And, And this is the part that... I've been upset with that I haven't been um, willing to confront with feminism, Mm -hmm. uh, that I really didn't stop to make kind of uh, a heart space and a mental space for until I started reading to really think about the damage that that part has done when I stopped working, when I was nine months pregnant with my first. And I was a full career woman. I was a TV reporter, you know, in a big television market. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going, going, going. So yeah. that that stop was like a dead stop, right? <laughs> um, in terms of career, not in terms of like having a baby. I mean, we all mm-hmm. know how busy uh, our lives are with children. and um, But, you know, in terms of getting validation from yeah. society, from people, you know, when they ask you, what do you do? Um, and you say, oh, I'm a television reporter. And they immediately light up and oh, they yeah. want to ask you. And, oh, how and cool. you can see the kind of almost fawning or yes. or a bit like infatuated with that yeah. idea. And, and there's questions. I mean, when I found out about that as your career, I was like, oh, my gosh, Christina's officially the most interesting person that I know. <laughs> So look how dramatic those two are. Yes. And I'm no different as a person. No, you're not. And yet, you know, there's the immediate difference. Yeah. So, you know, I think that to get back, you know, to the the whole, you know, why has this been good for me is that that when I when I read other women who were criticizing feminism for dumbing down stay at home mm-hmm. moms, they did that. Yeah. From the 60s. Yeah. Because it came when Betty Friedan right, yes. wrote The Feminist Mystique yes. as a way to f- to really push women out into the workforce right, and to kind of shame them into not staying at home in well, order to get them out there. So when Friedan wrote The Feminist Mystique, you know, it was a little bit different time. And I'm, I'm kind of picturing, I don't know if you've ever watched Mad Men. Yes. Uh, a I lot love, of people have. Yes. Yes. Um, definitely that kind of era. And and women were more uh, oppressed during that time. I heard a quote recently, and uh, the woman said that you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. We're looking outside of the jar, and we're looking at freedom from the outside with the knowledge and, and the cultural world that, that we live in in the now. 
Um, and so to us, it does seem that she is definitely downing the stay-at-home mom. And and I have not read The Feminine Mystique, so she might have been. <laughs> but at the same time, she was in a different jar. I understand. I, I do understand her motive. Yes. She felt like she had to do that mm-hmm. in order to get women to get out right. there. And, and it worked within a decade the numbers of women in the workforce just skyrocketed. So I'm not disparaging her work. I'm saying that there's always a downside. To me, a true feminist, and again, this is my little definition here, is giving women that choice. There are some radical feminists that would look at the choice to be a stay-at-home mom as being subpar. You know, they, they take it to an extreme. Yeah, they're saying that you're wasting your talents. They're wasting your talents. Right. But really, it's something that you chose to do. You know, yes, you had a career. You were using your talents in in your career. But then these little human beings came along. And suddenly, they become the world to you. As parents, I, I would hope that we are dedicated to raising the next generation you know, where do I land now? Uh, I land somewhere in the middle, yeah. just like you. Um, I absolutely think there's a lot more work to do by feminists. I think we're on a good track because I think that we've both have, uh, through our research and our reading, we've we've found value in the feminist movement. Uh, but we've also been able to take an honest look at it and see where some of its flaws are. Before we end today, we want to share our vision for Gritty Girls. Here we discuss topics most moms aren't bringing up on playdates and are too personal or too taboo to bring up at the office. So if you're bored with small talk and are ready to dive deeper, then this is the place for you. We're both the friend you needed and the neighbor you didn't want to listen to because their views are different from yours. Because we will explore multiple sides of an issue. In keeping with the spirit of seeking understanding from one another, we'll have special guests on the show that we'll interview. We'll host bi-weekly Twitter chats for you to join in the conversation, and you can also join in on our Facebook page. We'll also have a call-in line where you can leave your thoughts that we'll share in future episodes on the podcast. We only have one rule. Enter the conversation with an open mind. So if you are interested in being a part of the show in the ways Leslie mentioned, we'll try to list the upcoming topics on our website. So go check it out and see if there's one that really resonates with you. Since we're a new podcast, reviews are vitally important to help us grow. So please leave a review, subscribe, and tell others to join our gritty conversations. I have to give a quick shout out to my dear friend, Jack Updike, or St. Jack, as he's known by some in Houston, who set up our recording booth and made the launch of this podcast much less painful. Thank you, Jack. Our music today includes Albatross V2 by Computer Music All-Stars. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you'll get the latest Gritty Girls podcast automatically sent to you and write a review. Join in the conversation. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Look for us at our handle, at Gritty Girls. Thank you for joining our Gritty Conversation. Until next time, listen to understand, seek out growth, and keep the heart and mind open. Mm-hmm. Those are things to think about. Right. I've did it, and I've, I've did it. I've did it. I've did it. <laughs> There's a blooper. <laughs> 
awesome. That's the one. 